some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Hey everybody, it's Aldo Gandhi, and I just want to let you know really quickly that our swag shop is reopened. DeepDishTees.com is where you go, and that's tees with T-E-E-S. Clever name, guys. They're the new home of our merchandise. You can get t-shirts, you can get caps, you can get coffee mugs, you can get hoodies, you can get all sorts of good stuff, and you'll help out the bar room with the purchase. So head over to DeepDishTees.com. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Greg Gabriel Talks Football. I am Aldo Gandia. That handsome gentleman beside me is Greg Gabriel. Greg, how are you? That bald-headed guy? <laughs> I'm, I'm joining you. I'm close. I'm getting there. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> if I had that, I'd be jumping for joy. <laughs> Greg, I started last... losing my hair when I was 22. Oh, my goodness. That's that's football for you, right? <laughs> maybe, no... maybe it's from wearing a helmet too much because I started playing football when I was eight. Oh, my goodness. Eight years old. We're going to have to get into that maybe later in the show. I'd love to hear some uh, eight-year-old highlights of Greg Gabriel's football career. (laughs) But the lead story right now is the fact that the uh, Chicago Bears are expected to announce the hiring of Ryan, um, I can't even oh. polls. This is last night at 11 o'clock on Twitter. A real estate agent was at O'Hare Airport, and he captured this video of George McCaskey and Ryan Poles walking down the terminal. And then uh, earlier this morning, we got the tweet from Adam Schefter saying the Bears are finalizing a deal to hire Chiefs Assistant Director of Player Personnel Ryan Poles as their next general manager per league sources. Greg, what are you hearing about Ryan Poles? Uh, everything I hear is good. You know, and, and it's funny because he's been in the league, I think, 10, 12 years. Um, and I he was the one candidate that I didn't know a lot about, but I kept hearing his name. And, you know, he was a finalist uh, for the job in Carolina last year. And then uh, a finalist with the Giants and a finalist up in Minnesota. In fact, he was supposed to fly to Minnesota this afternoon. Uh, but so, that, I mean, right, that alone tells you something, that he's impressive in interviews. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're not going to make that that final round uh, of interviews. Um, wh- you knew this was a done deal when George picked him up at the airport. Mm-hmm. Okay, now... How often, how, when have you ever seen an owner pick up anybody at the airport? <laughs> yeah, that's not. The, okay. Uh, you send, I, I, I know when I flew in, they sent a limo, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then they had a guy holding the sign. It said Gabriel. Well, he was holding the sign. It said Canandaigua because that's where he's from, which by the way, isn't far from Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I, I think that told you something. Know what I like about that, too? 
George has got tennies and a and jeans on. <laughs> That's pretty cool, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and if you know, George gets takes a lot of abuse from fans, but he's really a nice guy. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I worked there almost ten years, got to know George well, and just he's a very likable man. Mm-hmm. And you know, in, in reality, all the the McCaskies are very likable people. Yes, that's what I've heard. Okay, so uh, they're nice, warm, friendly people. And this just tells you a little bit about who he is right there in, in, in that tweet that somebody was, you know, pretty much uh, under control when they caught that one. Yeah. You know, so... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm just, I'll tell you, the only thing I don't see is, is, is the kid doesn't have a big bag with him. So how long was he planning on staying unless they hadn't gotten the bag yet? Yeah. Interesting. They could be going to baggage claim, but yeah, he's not carrying well, that is not a baggage claim right there. Okay. That's right. That's right. Come on. You've been to the airport. You can't go through the damn gate. You yeah. Know, I... that, that's not a baggage claim. Yes. And you know, the bears got a contract with United, so they're going to fly everybody on United. Yep, indeed. Indeed. So you're hearing good things about this guy, Ryan Poles. Uh, He's been a rising star in the Kansas City Chiefs organization. I actually pulled out his LinkedIn page and saw that he has been uh, up until this hire, which uh, according to Adam Hogue, it's not official yet. So he probably hasn't put pen to paper yet. They're probably talking about dollars and cents, but his experience with the Chiefs, executive director of player personnel, prior to that, the assistant director of player personnel, and that was in 2018 and 2021 uh, in June, he was promoted to executive director. Prior to that, he was director of college scouting for a couple of years, and then the college scouting coordinator uh, and scouting assistant. So after he left Boston College, where he was uh, a part of the recruiting uh, department there. He went over to the Kansas City Chiefs and has risen up the ladder quickly. He's also a former Chicago Bear in that he was signed as an uh, undrafted free agent. Didn't make the team, but he's got... No, he was, he was in camp, and, and Rex Hogan was covering the East Coast mm-hmm. uh, back then, and Rex is the one who uh, had the good grade on I saw him play twice because he was um, in the same class with Matt Ryan. Yeah, and in so fact, I, I have a picture of him blocking for Matt Ryan there on the right. His high school picture is over there on the left. He looks like a huge guy, six foot, six foot four. Yeah, but yeah. I gotta tell you, so I, 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 you know, he worked with with Ballard mm-hmm. and at Kansas City for three years before Ballard went to the Colts. Okay, and so you know, I had to get Ballard's opinion, and I got a you know a few others. Um, he said. Um, Great person. We were together 2013 to 2016. Very smart, very organized. I said, yeah, but is he a strong evaluator? That's important. He said, he's very good. Um, you know, he was on the road. He was a scouting coordinator when Chris was there. And then he was, he was starting to go out on the road, did a really good job. Um, Chris said, but he's extremely organized, has great leadership skills and a great family. And I said, I don't remember much about him at training camp. I remember he was in training camp, but I don't remember a whole lot about him. 
And Chris said, he had skinny legs like your skinny ass legs. So, uh, that's great. Of which I replied, fuck you. And, <laughs> of course you did. And <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> that so, <is> wonderful. <laughs> and, you know, then I talked to another guy and, and um, who I respect, who's been on the road with him. And said, you know, he's very respectful and conscientious on the road. Been on the road with him a lot, too, mm -hmm. over over the years, not one or two times. And he had he had one funny story. And and there's this stuff, you know, when scouts are on the road with each other, you know, you get to know each other. You become friends. Mm -hmm. um, you can tease each other. But you, you, you always try to bust their balls a little bit, too. <laughs> you know, and, and so Ryan asked, says to this one guy, they were at a game, it was an Iowa State game. Mm -hmm. And this guy was a little bit late. I don't want to mention his name. was a little bit late getting to the game. Mm -hmm. And so he was coming, I think, from Wisconsin or something. So that's a pretty good haul from, from Madison to, to uh, Ames, Iowa. But anyway, he uh, says, Teddy, where you been? You're getting here late. So Teddy right away goes, oh, I was up at Mankato State. They got a freaking tackle up there. You would believe it. So he's like, really? I don't have him on my list. And, you know, and he's, I'd be just feeding him stuff, all this <laughs> stuff. And he's writing it down very judiciously. And then he goes, gotcha. So. <laughs> <laughs> the world of scouting ball busting huh yeah <laughs> i love it so what uh, you tweeted out an adam Schefter tweet that jim caldwell the former detroit lions and colts head coach is in the building for an interview today do you find that uh strange that uh or is there anything to read into the fact that uh, Poles is at House Hall today, and Caldwell is there too. Is that perhaps a marriage being formed? Um, it, it, it could be. And, and here's what I'm thinking. You know, yesterday, and, and we were exchanging texts. So, you know, I, I, I thought making, you know, for making calls that there was a probability it was going to be Morocco Brown and Matt Everfluss. Flus, however you say his name. And, and, and one of the reasons was, was because of the con they already had a connection, which is, you know, which is could be important. And they worked together for four years and got a very strong working relationship. So, and Everfluss was a, or is a finalist. Mm -hmm. So now with, Morocco out of the picture, this guy getting the job, where does that put Everfluss? Well, again, I'm throwing darts at the wall here, but I'm trying to think, you know, what, what, what's the thinking going on? Mm -hmm. You've got a very, you know, I was listening to the score too. They said, well, you got to let him make the hire. Don't forget this is a 36-year-old man who until a few hours ago was never has never been a GM. Mm -hmm. and never made a coaching hire or even been involved in a coaching interview in his life. Mm -hmm. Okay, and you're going to put the future of 
a billion dollar corp, multi-billion dollar corporation in the hands of somebody so inexperienced? My answer to that is no. Will he have input? Yes. Will it be his final say? I don't think so. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that because they got to get it right. And one of the things they got to get right is stability within the organization and accountability and, and those types of things come with, with, with strong people. Now, I think, you know, Polian has a strong connection with, with um, Caldwell. Mm-hmm. I think Caldwell, I don't know if he's first or second, but I think him and Quinn are, are you know, in, in the clubhouse fighting it, fighting it out right now. Mm-hmm. So if you went with age, you'd have to go with Quinn because <laughs> he's going to win. But the they both got head coaching experience. They've had success as head coaches. Uh, they've put together strong staffs. Mm-hmm. So that experience combined with the, the inexperience of Ryan Poles, I, th- I think that kind of goes hand in hand. And you know, and I go back, you know, he might have a short list and he should have a short list, mm-hmm. but I would have, but they would have already known that who was on his short list when they did the original interview, mm-hmm. you, you know, you're going to find that out in quick order. Right. Now, from what I understand, they've had these, they've had some of these candidates for both positions mm-hmm. interacting with each other. Interesting. Okay. Sort of behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's been told to me a couple times. Has it been verified by the powers that be? No. And they may never verify it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I I always thought that myself anyway. Then you got another connection. I've been told I don't, you know, it's not 100% certain, but I'll say it's 90% that Ryan Poles has Bob Lamont as an agent who is Andy Reid's agent. He's a, he's a, not a player agent. He's strictly a coach's front office agent and one of the best Mm -hmm. in in that area. And so I'm trying to find out if Quinn and or Caldwell have Lamont as an agent. Mm -hmm. That would be fascinating to find out. I uh... so, you know, because then you're going to have, a connection there between, you know, between the groupings of people. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron Curran has made me uh, aware of a report by Matt Spiegel of 670 to score saying George McCaskey is going to let his new football boss pick the head coach. Ryan Pose is not going to be railroaded into an arranged marriage with the elder statesman like Ryan Pace was with John Fox. If Pose wants Jim Caldwell, he will have chosen him, and that to me is music to my ears. It should not be, in my opinion, a prearranged marriage. It should be. No, I, I agree with that. And, and and Spiegs and I were were texting back and forth earlier a couple hours ago. Mm-hmm. And um, in fact, when I got home from the from store, like I mm-hmm. said, I, I I'm out of the grocery store when all hell breaks loose. 
and I didn't even have my phone with me. I get in the car. I'm only in the store for 30 minutes. I get in the car and, you know, there's, there's news that, that polls as a GM. And then I get home, pick up my phone, and there's a, a text from Speaks. I know that's what they're saying. I don't totally believe it. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not calling anybody a liar. I'm just saying from what I just said. You've got a guy who's never done it before Mm -hmm. and you need guidance. And that doesn't mean, you you know, will he make the, he he could very well make the decision, but, and I don't think George and and Ted are going to be that involved in this thing. It's going to be more Bill Polian. Mm -hmm. You know, Bill's going to say, Ryan, this guy's your best guy. And this is why. And, you know, he's, he's going to go with his gut feeling, mm-hmm. but, you know, my original thought was could be enemy all of a sudden become a candidate. And, mm-hmm. you know, he, he wasn't even on the original list. So I just, and, and again, they would have known who his short list is when they, had the original conversation. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think, yeah, they're not going to force a guy down his throat because they're letting him have the conversations with these guys. And then he, he's going to have to feel comfortable. But I, I, I think it's more like feel comfortable with one of the guys we think you should hire. You follow what I'm saying there? Yeah, I follow it. And, and frankly, it's upsetting me. Um, why? Why hire a guy who is not going to be allowed to to make all the ultimate decisions? Why are you going to hire another guy that you're going to put training wheels on? That to me is ludicrousy. You should then, the you're reason. not going to give him full powers. You should then hire somebody who is capable of making full full powers. That to me is just uh, it, I, it's mind-boggling to okay, me. Okay, okay. First of all, you're getting all excited. I know okay? I am because it pisses okay, me so off. Okay, so calm down. <laughs> Go get a bourbon or something. Okay. Relax or get a beer back there. And and now look at reality. He might be the most, again, finalist for, for four different jobs. He's obviously shown that he has the traits, aptitude, whatever, to be a GM in the league. He still hasn't done it. Okay. And, and so go to Notre Dame and, and they elevated Marcus Freeman, the head coach who'd never been a head coach before. He's on the phone with Jim Tressel, who is his mentor and his head coach all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, to talk it, getting advice, getting things. He needs advice. I don't understand why you would hire somebody who needs advice. Because you're you're not hiring him for one year. You're hiring him for the hopefully for the long haul. Jerry was here nine years. Okay. Nobody's made you know, Ryan was here seven years and you know, just never could get it get it right. And it's it's of the utmost importance that you get the higher right. And he's got to have, he's got to have a feeling that he can work with the guy. 
he, they're not going to, in other words, they're not going to throw or shove some, some candidate down his throat and say, this is the guy you got to do it. They got to be able to work together. He's going to have a say in the process, but is it going to be a hundred? And I'm, I'm, I'm guessing here. I, nobody's telling me this. Sure. I'm just saying if it was me and I've been in the league a long time, I've never hired a head. I've been involved in interviews. Mm-hmm. I've never hired a head coach. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I want some guidance because I want to make sure I want to make sure I get it right. So where does the guidance stop? I mean, is he going to get guidance in the draft room uh, from no somebody? No, he he's been involved in that. He's been a director of player personnel. That's a whole different ball game, Aldo. Mm-hmm. That's you know that's scouting. That's his expertise. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here he's doing something that he hasn't done. It, it it goes as part of the job, yes, but he's still never done it before. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that doesn't mean he's not qualified to do it, but it 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 takes time. Like when when Jerry came here, mm-hmm. he was involved in the coaching hires. A set, very involved, didn't have final decision, but very involved in the coaching hires of several coaches down at Tampa. He was down at Tampa a long time, mm-hmm. and and so he had that experience. Mm-hmm. Ryan Poles doesn't have that experience yet. That, that I'm not saying that he doesn't have the makings of being a great GM, but he still, again, hasn't done it. Same thing with in the Giants. Joe Shane, it's his first, first goal round as a GM. Mm-hmm. Okay. Chris Mara and, and, John Mara are going to have a say in who that coach is. Mm-hmm. Shane's going to sign off on it. And he's going to be involved in the process. But it's not, you know, I just don't, I think it's fair to say it's not 100% his decision. Now, will they say it is? Yep. Because, well, you know, they, they don't want to go through what you and I are going through right now. <laughs> but, uh, well, uh, answer this one from Joe O'Donnell. He says, who, you know, is McCaskey the, the one that's going to no. get him? For, so one who, person, Bill Polian. Bill Polian is going to then make that recommendation. You should hire this guy. But And, and I guarantee you, Polian's going to be asking a lot of the questions. Mm-hmm. And like I said, these guys have been talking. Back, some of these candidates have been talking back and forth. And if if one of these guys has, now I was told one guy told me earlier today, right? If not earlier today, it was right before I came on the air with you, that there could be another veteran candidate that hasn't been named yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, who? And he goes, well, I can't tell you. And you know, I don't know if there is or, or there isn't, but he said you'd like the name. And I said, as long as it's not Flores, mm-hmm. but because that's just the guy I don't want. Yeah. Um, Seems to me, though, Greg, that, you know, you were 
against and maybe still are the idea of bringing in bringing in an executive vice president of operations and it seems to me that you are making the argument now for an executive vice president of operations that the bill polian role should continue on so that this young gm can get the tutoring that is necessary because he hasn't made big decisions he's never drafted anybody He's never actually no, but he as a, as a director of player personnel, he's heavily involved. In but the he process. hasn't made that decision. So no, Andy Reid, Andy Reid makes the decision. Brett Veach might be the GM. Andy Reid's making the freaking decision. I've been, you know, I, I I've worked with Andy. I've worked with Veach. Mm-hmm. You know, that's Andy Reid does that because he's got he's got all the clout. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's Andy always listens to his lieutenants. And what and what's unique about Andy Reed is the Andy, the way Andy Scott's, you know, he'll look at a guy and he'll go, This is how I can use this guy. Mm-hmm. This is how he's gonna help us. So I want I want him on our team because I can do this 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 and this with him, and and you know especially with the offensive players because that's his expertise, mm-hmm. and so and, and that's what they go with and you know and he doesn't care what if, if somebody else hasn't you know like they took the little running back from from LSU a couple of years ago in the first round nobody had him going in the first round and he didn't care mm-hmm. he knew how he could use him and be an effective player. And, but that's what's unique to Ryan, I think, is that he's worked, came up in Kansas City under Pioli. Mm -hmm. So he's learned the Patriot way because that's how Pioli did it. Then Dorsey comes in and Dorsey and Ballard are there. And then and Veach was there too as as a uh, as an assistant, and then Veach gets elevated. So he's had different bosses, mm-hmm. you know, and he had and and some different head coaches. But don't forget, and I'll go back to the coaching thing too. The one negative with him, as bright as he is supposed to be, is that he's only been with the one team, so his exposure to a lot of different coaches is minimal. And that's another reason, you you know, you can't take away the acumen of his ability to evaluate and his ability to lead, et cetera. But there's things he's inexperienced at. Mm -hmm. And, and you're look again, you're looking at the big picture and we're hoping that he's here. You know, I'm, I'm not paraphrasing here and I'm saying, this is what, what Ted Phillips and George McCaskey and Polian are thinking, you know, we're hoping he's here 10, 12, 13 years. He's 36 years old. Maybe he's going to be here for 20. Yeah. You know, if he does, if, if he does the right job, well, you go down the road and he's going to have all that experience, mm-hmm. but this one, he's going to have this initial hire. He's going to need some help because he hadn't done it yet. Mm-hmm. And, and that's all I'm saying. Now you can, you can get hot. That's just my opinion. And maybe you're right. But I'm, I'm sticking to my opinion. 
that's fair. Uh, that's fair. Uh, people want your opinion on Champ Kelly. Does he stay on with polls as assistant general manager? Or do I, you, you know, that's, that's an interesting question. And I don't have the answer. Generally speaking, first of all, is there a, re, is there a pre-existing relationship between Ryan polls and Champ Kelly? Mm-hmm. Okay. We, we don't know that. Um, like I said, everybody, when you're on the road with people, you get to know them, you, you basically, you know, come up with an opinion and, and, but he's got, I, I, I can tell you right now, he's got full authority to do whatever the hell he wants with that personnel department right off the bat. Now I'm going to say that between now and the draft, it's pretty much going to stay status quo. That's usually what happens when you hire a GM mid-year and the changes are made after the draft. Which is, you know, the, this draft department, Mark uh, Sadowski and all of those people, they've been preparing for this draft. They, right. They, right. they have not stopped working during this transition no. period. And so their uh, input, their, their knowledge, their plan uh, is tantamount to having a successful draft uh, this upcoming uh, April, isn't it? Well, th- these guys, look at it this way. Although these guys are all auditioning right now. Gotcha. To stay on board. Mm-hmm. But I can also guarantee you that just like Ryan Poles had a short list of coaches when he went through the interview mm-hmm. list, he had a short list of director of player personnel, director of pro scouting, director of college scouting, maybe even some college scouts that he wanted to bring in. And But he's not going to make any changes until he's going to give these guys a fair shot. Mm-hmm. I, I'll give you a perfect example. I keep using Ballard, but it's, it, he's a good example on this. Okay. He came in at the same time, got the job, what, six, seven years ago with, with um, the Colts. He made no changes after the draft. Mm-hmm. He stayed status quo. Why? Because they he saw they're a pretty good group. He changed some titles around, okay, and 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 so, but he kept the group, and he still got most of that group. Now he brought in some upper level guys, mm-hmm. but the scouting staff as a whole, he kept intact. But he he brought in his own director of player personnel, and like brought in Morocco as director of college scouting, and uh, Dodds as as director of player personnel. And, and Rex Hogan, because he, he knew those guys, he could trust those guys, but the scouting staff remained the same. So in saying that, you know, guys like um, Mark Sadowski, who I love and, and, and is a great guy, um, Champ Kelly, mm-hmm. and those guys, you know, they know that they could be out the door come – the day after the draft. Right. And which, and which is what Pace did uh, in his first year. He cleared out most of the draft room, not everybody, but he made some changes uh, uh, the day after his first draft with the Chicago Bears. Right. And, and that is generally par for the course in every scouting department across the league when you get a new administration coming in. 
Mule uh, asked, uh, is there any way we're going to find out how Poles graded out Fields and Jenkins? I don't think so is, is the answer, but I think it is interesting to uh, – I, I would love your opinion on this. When they're interviewing these candidates, when they interviewed Poles, did they say, can I see your scouting report on Justin Fields? Can they do that? Can yeah. they do that? Yeah. You can do that. I mean, and uh, well, first of all, yeah, they're going to want to know what he thinks of them. Yeah. What'd you, what'd you think of them coming out? I mean, that's an important part. They drafted, they traded up, gave up a, a first round pick. Well, what do you think of this guy? Yeah. And I'd like to see Put it on this paper. way. If he said he didn't want him, he wouldn't be sitting in that chair right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. He wouldn't have got the job. I agree with that. <laughs> I okay, agree so, with that. yeah. That's a for you part of the the interview process is you're going over the team. Yeah. So if if Ryan was smart, he would have grabbed the the notebook. the The pro scouting department puts mm-hmm. a notebook together on each week's opponent. Okay. Go through the personnel tendencies, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And if he was smart, he read that thing cover to cover. And knew the personnel, the guys that he didn't know. Right. He he got up to date on, and he did the same thing with Minnesota. Did the same thing with the New York Giants. Mm-hmm. You know, because it, it knowing that team who's interviewing you is is of the utmost importance because you're going to be the making the decisions going forward. What you're doing with that team, and his most important job. Yeah, everybody says it's a higher than the coach. No, it's really getting the right players for the coach. Right, exactly. That is so cool. Uh, uh, and and it, like, yeah, it, it wouldn't shock me if he brings in another cap guy. Wouldn't shock you know, and and it wouldn't shock me if he, he changes, you know, all the decision makers in the player personnel department mm-hmm. only because you know, and you. you some of those guys are really worthy guys, but you know what? They they when you sign up, you know that's what that's what your your longevity is as good as the guy who works for you work for. Hmm. And Alan, that's the same with an assistant coach. Yeah. Alan wants to know your opinion on what's the more important role, the general manager or the head coach? Uh the, I mean they're both important. The the GM is more the face of the franchise in the offseason. Mm-hmm. And the coach is the face of the franchise once training camp starts until the season ends. Mm-hmm. And if you notice, you don't see the GM too often with any team during the season unless something happens. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and unless you're Dallas and Jerry Jones is always around because he's the GM and <laughs> chief cook and bottle washer and everything else. But <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Uh, he, he he's gonna let known let known what he wants people to know. So, but most GMs just stay in the background during the the, the course of the season, mm-hmm. and once the season's over, that they open up. Factor wants to know if you've picked up on anything regarding polls, draft and and scouts. Anything that you've learned from his his? No, I mean. He he's he didn't have final say, just like I didn't have final say. Mm-hmm. I had a very strong say. Jerry, well, put it this way: we, we always we had 
when we were here, you know, we had a hot list. And okay, we had a list of guys. We want somebody from this group of guys in the first round, somebody from this group of guys in the second round, somebody from this group of guys in the third round. You know, mm-hmm. we had that all mapped out going into the draft. That's mm-hmm. all part of the Now, if you're lucky, when you get to the third round, there's still one of those guys you wanted in the second round. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and that, that, that makes that third round pick real, real easy. So, but in Kansas City, they putting the board together is where everybody gets their say, and that's and that's when you put your plan together for the draft. Mm-hmm. The decision maker, in most cases, makes the final decision on draft day. But you've made all these decisions. If you're making these decisions. While you're on the clock, you're in trouble. <laughs> you, you know, you, you've got to think it out. It's rehearsed, well, well rehearsed before you go into the draft. And when you get to day three, it becomes a scout's draft mm-hmm. where the, the, the scouts are a lot more involved because that, that's really their guys. A lot of times the decision makers haven't seen some of those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it uh, after the draft where they bring in some of these area scouts to talk about those late-round draft picks because those are the guys who have spent the most time, you know, uh, 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 scouting those guys, evaluating those guys. Right. Big hot topic in the chat room and, of course, throughout all of social media is the future of Sean Payton. He has uh, informed the Saints that he's stepping away. And so, of course, people want to know, hey, do you think he might be interested in coming to Chicago Bears? Your thoughts. Well, number one, he's under contract for three more years. Mm-hmm. So if he all of a sudden said, well, I want to go coach the Bears. <laughs> uh, Bears don't have the draft capital to give to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. You know, to get, to get Sean Payton's name on a contract. Mm-hmm. I think that Sean's going to take the year off, mm-hmm. have some fun. It's not like he needs the money. Mm-hmm. And uh, then next year, he's going to have his pick, you know, and, and trust me, he's good. They're not going to pick him. He's going to pick them, <laughs> regardless of what the rules are of, of, uh, of interviews and who you got to interview, et cetera. Right. He's still going to say, I want to go there. Yep. You know what? I, just uh, my opinion here regarding the room. Let me, let me just, I'm sorry, just interrupt. Please. They're still going to have to pay. He Because he's under contract, even though he's not working, they're still going to have to give something to New Orleans a year from now. Oh, is that right? Oh, well, yeah. They're gonna, for three years, they're going to have to give it to him. Wow. I was thinking about the Rooney rule, which is a rule that I totally support. But there are some exceptions. There should be, in my mind, some exceptions. For instance, if you're going to hire a Sean Payton, I mean, why go through this process of having to interview anyone else, regardless of color, because the guy has proven himself to be a guy, if he wants to come to work here, (laughs) situation's over, search is over, stop him and walk him in. I I agree with you. In fact, I I think that, you know, the Rooney rule, they changed it where you have to interview 
two people mm-hmm. for every two minorities for each major position. Mm-hmm. Um, and my question is, well, what if I interview Brian Flores, who's obviously a African American candidate? Mm-hmm. I like him. I know right in the first interview, that's the guy I want. I don't even want to talk to anybody else. Mm-hmm. So I got to talk to another yeah. minority candidate. I think that's absurd. The, the whole purpose of the of of the rule is to get minority candidates the opportunity to get these high level jobs. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to hire a minority candidate, then why do you got to? And and you've made up your mind. Why do you got to go through the charade of of interviewing another one? Right. And I hate to throw in another. Uh exception to the rule that I believe should be implemented is if you're going to hire from within, then I think that should eliminate you from having to hire anyone else. I mean, every organization should be built to have a pipeline of successors for the head coach position, for the Used general to be that way. Right. Uh, and so, for instance, with the Saints, there's the rumors that that it, uh, Dennis Allen will be replacing Sean Payton, but they have to go through the process. They have to go through the same thing was the Raiders. That guy earned it on the field. Yeah, you they got him. Vasasia got got them to the playoffs. Right, right. Okay, and and they got to go through the whole interview process. And how about this? He hasn't been fired yet. <laughs> but they still got a bit, you know, he's the interim coach. He's That's still the coach, but they have to go through the process of interviewing at least two minority candidates mm-hmm. for that position. And, and Mike Mayock's been, been let go too. So it's the same thing there. Um, like Dwayne Joseph, his name's come, been, who used to be here with us. Mm-hmm. His, his name has come up as a, a GM candidate. Uh, just recently with some places. And, you know, what if they wanted to just elevate, like you said, elevate Dwayne Joseph to GM? Mm-hmm. You know, he's a director of pro scouting right now. Mm-hmm. And and Dwayne is a really good guy. So, you know, they can't do that. They still got to go out and interview other people. I, I agree with you. I think if, if you're going to, if you've already got your mind made up uh, on a certain person, and he already is a minority candidate. Why why interview more? Doesn't make sense to me, but uh, uh, there are smarter people than me running the NFL. So <laughs> no, I, I get it for for the fairness. Yeah. And right now, though, I, I'll tell you, it, it's a little disappointing to me. Now, I, obviously, the Bears have have hired a minority candidate for the GM position, and I and I endorse that, but. Mm-hmm how many coaches are really going to get hired? Mm-hmm. And I think that when you look at the list, they're the best guys. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This year, when you look at this year's cycle. Mm-hmm. No argument there. Um, Albert Breer uh, tweeted this out uh, several hours ago. I'd love uh, for you to comment on it. He writes uh, in a tweet, uh, so where did the Bears go with their coach hire? New general manager Ryan Poles and Colts defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus, a Bears finalist, have built a relationship the last few years. And Poles is also close with ex-Dolphins coach 
Brian Flores, both having played football at Boston College. You want to read into, into anything there? Uh, I, I I, okay, I, I did not know that, that Poles and Everfluss had any kind of relationship. Yeah. And the only reason being is Everfluss never worked Kansas City and Poles hadn't worked anywhere but Kansas City. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. so where's the... Where's the relationship come from? Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, now, and then as far as the Boston College thing, mm -hmm. uh, they weren't even close to being in the same class. They're four years apart in age. Mm -hmm. You know, so, I, I mean, the, the best case scenario is that um, Ryan Poles was a freshman and Flores was a senior. And then... You know, they went off, you know, or Flores went off and, and, and began his own career. So are, are they just trying to, you know, tie dots together, mm -hmm. you know, or, or is there something really there? I personally hope that, that Flores is not the Bears coach. Yeah, that's pretty... who it is. I'll support him 100%, but Same here. only from, from, you know, little things that I've heard, and I know the GM in, in Miami really well, Chris Greer, and I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. If you can't get along with Chris Greer, you can't get along with anybody. Yeah. You know, and and to me, and, and on top of that, he, he went had a different offensive coordinator every year. Yeah, he did not have good relationship with a lot of his And the, the second last one he had, Mm -hmm. Chan Gailey basically quit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so, and, and from what I was told by another coach who interviewed for that role, he called Chan. Mm -hmm. And Chan said, don't take it. Is that right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, this guy will drive you nuts. Oh, boy. And, and so... You know, when you hear that, mm -hmm. it's like, you know, yeah, it was his team kind of disciplined? Yeah, but it, it what I've heard is he just tries to, and I can't, you know, I can't be 100% correct. The only one I'm hearing is that, you know, he micromanages. And, you know, he, he's the head coach, but he wants to be the O-line coach and the D-line coach and the linebacker coach and the D and the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator all at once. You mm -hmm. can't do that. You've got to hire a staff that you trust and let them do their work. Right. Exactly. What is the word on Matt Eberflus? Uh, I know, you know, with your connections with the Colts and so forth, what do you hear about him as a coach and what style he could bring, what he could bring? Somebody in the chat room, Don Burr, who's a big Lions fan, says the Colts fans are hoping that Eberflus will go to Chicago. Apparently Colts fans are upset with him because of the defense, uh, defense's performance uh, late in the year. What, what, what do you hear? Statistically, their defense has been very, very good. Outstanding. Okay, so, and, and they've had injury problems. Mm -hmm. Fans and and like fans are like that. And the first time they they always blame the coach and they never blame the players. But who's playing the freaking game? Mm -hmm. You know, so the coach can lead you to water. <laughs> 
players got to drink the water. That's right. Or drink the Gatorade. The, but with, with him, with, with Everflus, all good things. Mm-hmm. Um, here's how he got to, it, it's kind of an interesting story, how he got to the, to the Colts is going back. Remember Josh McDaniels was supposed to be the, the head coach. Mm-hmm. And because they were in the playoffs, you know, he had agreed to be the head coach, hadn't signed a contract yet because he couldn't by league rule. But Beller's putting together the staff in conjunction with Josh. And Rod Marinelli, who we all know, was at the time the defensive coordinator with the Cowboys. And Rod ran the same defense as we ran here. That you know was lo- actually started with Tony Dungy, and you know down in Tampa. And he Rod is the guy who really recommended Everflush to Chris. Said this guy's outstanding. Really knows the scheme. Teaches well. Has a great rapport with the players. He's a leader. Um, he demands accountability from the players. And I think that's important. So, you know, all the right things. And that's why they hired him. And they hired him. There was it was two weeks before the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But you know, thinking that Josh McDaniels and, and they hired about four or five other coaches. Mm. You know, thinking that, you know, and this was all with the the blessing of Josh McDaniels. Okay. But these guys under, uh, that's why I have no love. I, I, you know, the guy ever gets a head coaching job, I pity the team. You just can't, (laughs) you can't trust them after that. Interesting. But so then he has to go out and get another coach and he, and he gets Frank Reich and he ends up hitting a home run, getting Frank Reich. He sure did. Um, But Frank had to come with, we already got these coaches. I hired them. And they're working for you. And, you know, Frank was cool with that. Frank is the type of coach from what I've seen and and, and observed in um, Hard Knocks that he can adapt to different situations and different people. So uh, he never, Frank never loses his cool. Yeah. Unlike never him. gets overexcited. <laughs> yeah. You know, Chris, Chris, Chris tells me, he goes, you know, he'll come down from the, from the box after game and he'll be all pissed off and you know because they things didn't go the way he wanted and mm-hmm. he said frank's like calm down ballard i'll take care of it mm-hmm. you know and th- that's his his demeanor mm-hmm. the way he is here's a another report from tom palacero after hiring pose as gm today the bears are working to schedule a second interview with cowboys defensive corner dan quinn for their head coaching job per source quinn is one of three known finalists along with Iberflus who also interviews Wednesday, that is tomorrow, and Jim Caldwell, who we've talked about. Any thoughts on those three finalists? And uh, Well, I think, that, I think that that is the three finalists. But my, my thinking, yes, when Ryan got hired, I kind of pushed Everfluss out of the – because there was no connection, where there already was a connection with Morocco. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so – you know, maybe there is a connection. I I don't know where it is. 
Mm -hmm. Um, I should ask Chris because he would know, but I know they, they, they have never worked together. So gotcha. Okay. So there might be a connection from being on the road and having some mutual friends and, and, and that type of thing, but they have never worked together. But yeah, I, I, I think that is a, a good list. Um, Quinn was a real hot name when he got that job and started off real good at Atlanta. I don't know if the, and I love Tommy Dimitrov, but I don't know if that was, you know, the, the greatest personnel department in the world. Hmm, Interesting. And, and, you know, part of that is you got to get the right players. And, you know, that, that's the GM's job. Get the right players. Mm-hmm. And the coach's job is to coach those players. Mm-hmm. So, I, and I'll tell you why one of the reasons this kind of solidifies my thought process on that is that here it is a year after he got let go by Atlanta. He got let go midseason, you know, in the 2020 season. Goes to Dallas as DC, does a really good job turning that D around because they were horrendous a year ago. Mm-hmm. And this guy's a top candidate all of a sudden. And usually, you know, when you get a guy who was a former head coach, he's got to sit around and wait to get Todd Bowles. Mm-hmm. You know, and I love Todd Bowles. And that's one of the things I think, you know, if Todd Bowles doesn't get a freaking job, that's a crime. Yeah. Now, I saw before we started recording this that the Raiders have requested permission to talk to him tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Adam Schefter reported that indeed. Yeah. And so that's uh, Minnesota, Jacksonville, and now the Raiders that are, that are, are talking to him. I don't know if Denver had talked to him. And obviously now you've got uh, New Orleans opening up. And there still could be one more. Mm-hmm. What the, speaking of Todd Bowles, I know he's uh, special to you. You really like him and so forth. He is getting a lot of heat, though, for his defensive play calls in uh, uh, Sunday's playoff game, this weekend's playoff game, and, and calling a ball. Yeah, I had a fight with your good friend on, on, on DMs after oh, the game. Who's that? <laughs> Which one of my good friends? I don't have many, so I should be able to guess. <laughs> <laughs> one of the benefactors of this, web, uh, this website. Uh, I see. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so what, what do you make of that? I mean, obviously one or two poor, uh, uh, play calls should not define a, a coach. It means nothing to me. Okay. You're looking at the whole body of work. Exactly. exactly. You know, and last year he was, you know, hotter than a hot oven, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, there, people are trying to attach the jet thing to him. Mm-hmm. He worked with the worst GM. Wow. He had no freaking players. Um, that, 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 and I like the guy he was working with. He's a good guy. Mm-hmm. He just wasn't qualified for the job. Mm-hmm. And 
but you know, he there's a few of those guys. They they should have jobs. They, they, he he deserves to be and should be a head coach in this league. Mm-hmm. And you know, I hope he is. But you know, I thought two days ago Quinn was either going to be in Minnesota or Denver. Mm-hmm. Well, hell not. You know, it's it's probably 50-50 or better that he that he uh, ends up here. And I see a thing on the screen there, Harbaugh or bus. No, don't let him anywhere near the freaking building. <laughs> Why is that? Why is that great? He's a nut. <laughs> uh, when he was recruit one kid, he had a sleepover at his house. Who the hell does that? Grown man, come on! You know he, he just watch him on the sideline. No, you to do do a side by side. Him and his brother. Yes, on, on, on the sideline and watch one versus the other. Yes. Now his brother, I'd hire in a second. Me too. You know, but him, I don't want him anywhere near my football team. (laughs) You know, I, I, I think he wears on you and he, uh, I think my dog must want to go out. He's coming over here and (laughs) you can't see him. His tail's wagging here. I did. I see. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, he, he, he looks like he's always ready to, to cry when he's on the sideline. Mm-hmm. Tony says Pep Hamilton said some bad things about Harbaugh to, to you, Greg. <laughs> uh, oh, you're, you're pausing I, some truth. I, did I ever say that? No, no. I think he's speculating. Oh no, <laughs> he's putting two and two together, is he? <laughs> no, I just you know I, I, I hey I, I you know I watch a lot of football. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, his he, – he did one thing that I thought I'm, – I'm big on loyalty. Mm-hmm. And his original agent was Jack Betka as coaching agent. And this is when he was at the University of San Diego, and then he goes up to Stanford, and Betka does the contract and all that. Then, you know, he's – negotiating with the 49ers mm-hmm. and now the way I, the way I heard it from Jack is that um, Trent Balky, who is every, everyone in the scouting public, I mean, number one, mm-hmm. who's the GM down in Jacksonville, Balky says, I can get a deal done if you hire done. And who's a you know pretty good agent himself because mm-hmm. Dunn and Balky were close. Mm-hmm. And Harbaugh dumps Jack with you know, really without even telling him. He kind of finds out. You know, and he think and he ended up having to get paid for it. Okay. You know, so he he didn't lose a commission, but you know, that was dirty pool. Well, that that's all I need to hear. Mm-hmm. You know, where's your, where's your loyalty? Well, uh, back to uh, Jim Caldwell, because it, he is, he could end up being the leading candidate after uh, Caldwell and Poles talks, talk today. Your thoughts on Jim Caldwell overall? Very highly respected. I do not know the man. Mm-hmm. 
uh, very, very highly respected. He's um, he's a good coach. Now I saw some of your stuff about the running game. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it, it depends where you're at, who your players are, etc. Um, when he was with the Colts, he had some guy named Manning playing quarterback. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, pretty good guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah so <laughs> I, you know, I think that they're going to lean towards the passing game there. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, then he, I'm sorry, what? Uh, just being ranked 32nd, 31. No, I, I, I and, and attempts. That no, man. I know. I, and yeah, but they won with them. Yeah, they sure did. Okay, what what matters the most? Uh, Super and Bowl. I'm just playing devil's advocate here, you know. <laughs> Super Bowl. I like to argue with. <laughs> no, I understand. That's I love it too. <laughs> so he goes to Detroit, and he doesn't have a very good roster. Yet he wins with them. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? He might still be the head coach if Bob Quinn hadn't come in and been named the general manager. Oh, it was horrendous how they treated Jim Caldwell, Bob right. Quinn, to come in and say we're not winning enough and he's coming off yeah well guess what they haven't won since yes exactly exactly quinn left the franchise in much worse shape uh than when he found it i'm gonna say this right now on this show that was one of the all-time worst hires in football and there's not a scout in the league that wasn't laughing at it really wow well, that's the fire. You know, there was like, are you freaking kidding me? Wow. And, and, and you know. And, and like, hey, scouts know scouts. So you want to find out about a guy, call up some other scouts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, J-Rock has a question for you that I think is uh, one we should entertain. Would you like to see Eberflus hired and the Bears go back to that Lovey-style defense uh, that was primarily covered too, but not exclusively covered too, of course? Well, they, they play a lot of man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that, that, that defense works. That's what he's, he's running in, in um, Indianapolis. And with Roquan Smith playing in that type of defense, I think it could work amazingly. Well, Roquan plays really is a he's a the middle linebacker. In that defense, he's going to be your will. Mm-hmm. Now, if you if you know the in understanding that defense, mm-hmm. and I get this from when Lovey came in, you got to be strong up through the middle. Mm-hmm. So your important parts are your will linebacker, your three technique, and your safeties. And so, you know, I remember Bobby DePaul, who was our director of pro scouting, he said, we got to have two all-pro safeties back there for this to work the way Lovey wants it to work. But we And we had some pretty good safeties. Mm-hmm. You know, we had Mike Brown, and then we had a few other guys but who, who could play safety in, in Lovey's scheme. But you know, we didn't have anybody along the line when Lovey came in mm-hmm. and we got rid of, really, we got rid of everybody but Alex Brown during the offseason. There was Ted Washington and Creed Trailer and Philip Daniels. You know, they, they were not fits for that scheme. Mm-hmm. And then we drafted that, that first draft, Tommy Harris and Tank Johnson. And... Great. 
great picks. And then and brought in Adams. Mm-hmm. You know, and we so we we I think we got Adams the second year Lovey was here. But you know, we had a we had to find the guys to who could play the defense the way that that he wanted. Now, are those some of those guys here? Yeah, I think so. I think he could play that here without a without a problem. Mm-hmm. But you're gonna see you're gonna see Quinn and Khalil Mack now be, change their their position designation from outside linebacker to defensive end. In essence, their edge, right? Because you know, but you play in that defense because it's a four man front. You're playing. You know, you can play more of your base defense than you will if you're if you're main or your base front is a three four. Mm-hmm. One uh, question regarding coaching candidates who still might be in the playoffs. Um, so, could we spe- could we surmise that if the Bears don't hire a coach in the next week or so, it's because they're maybe waiting on one of these coordinators? who are in the playoffs, um, you know, Kevin O'Connell, offensive coordinator with the Rams. He hasn't been mentioned. With he's, uh, he's got interviewed for something or is getting interviewed. Okay. Um, Trying to think of what other names. Uh, nobody from – well, yeah, Cincinnati's uh, defensive coordinator. What's his name? He uh, got interviewed for uh, the Giants the other day. Okay. And then uh, you got the Frisco, and uh, <laughs> and people will be upset. But Eric Bieniemy with Kansas City, he might end up being a candidate. He might – you know, he hasn't been mentioned, but was, uh, Ryan Poles might want to. No, but, I mean, you're right. There, there, There is a – there's an obvious connection there. Mm-hmm. They, they've worked together as, as long as the enemy has been in uh, part of Andy Reid's staff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, the connection is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, could you say D'Amico Ryan's, well, you know, if you're going to, if ever is your candidate, you're going to, he's going to want, I, I'm again, I'm, I'm kind of, just looking at the big picture, he's going to want somebody who knows that defense mm-hmm. because yeah. he's been involved in that defense, not just with, with the Colts, but back down in Dallas too. Mm-hmm. Now, Biennemi has not been one of your favorites because you've said on this show before, who calls the plays? Well, that that's right. He's, I see, in my opinion, he's not a true offensive coordinator. Yeah. Because that's Andy Reid's offense. Right. Andy Reid designed it. Andy Reid calls the plays. Mm-hmm. And – that's one of the reasons I like Dayball so much. Mm-hmm. Dayball designed the offense. Mm-hmm. And so, and he runs the offense the way he wants to run the offense. And he's been able to change it a little bit from year to year, depending on, you know, the moving parts, who's he got out at Perfect. wide receiver. The passing game has been a lot better since they got digs mm-hmm. a year ago. And then this last half of the season, Gabriel Davis has really come on strong. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll be the number two receiver across from Diggs next year. But he had a, you know, took he was a, a rookie a year ago, hardly played, and there really wasn't, he had a strong preseason, but he wasn't playing that much the first half of the season. But mm-hmm. the last half of the season and then in the playoffs, shit. 
I mean, he, he was the best receiver on the field or maybe the second best receiver on the field because mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill was pretty good. Tyreek Hill is like a, a, a you know, foreign object, I think. Yes. <laughs> I, I've never seen a guy with that kind – and I've been doing this a long time. I've never seen a guy with that kind of speed mm-hmm. on the field. He's amazing. He is amazing. There's no doubt about it. Mule, he is so freaking fast. Yeah. Mule is concerned about Brian DeBall because he says he's not – uh, he's, he's, he's so, uh, he passes so much in that offense, but isn't that the result? They ran a lot. They ran a lot the last month. Yeah. With, with behind the quarterback primarily, but isn't that, isn't he calling a lot of passes because of the personnel? Um, well, yeah, it's, but the running game in Buffalo improved the, the last including the playoffs the last five games of the season. I think, you know, it was a weakness. Now, I and I, I might have said it on here. I know I've said it on other people. The Bills' best running back would be the number three here. The running back group here is far superior to one they have in Buffalo. So he and... Caldwell would probably call more running plays if they were the head coach of the Chicago. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, your personnel has a little bit to do with it. Uh, absolutely. You know, uh, so, and, you know, sometimes, no, now look, here's another thing, as you, you, you mentioned in your tweets, Detroit and, and Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Where are they playing? Uh, oh, uh, Dome Stadium. Dome yeah. Stadium. Sure. What's the weather conditions besides perfect? Uh, better than perfect. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, are you playing in weather at all in the second half of the season, unless you're on the road? No, yeah. you know, so you can gear your offense a little differently mm-hmm. when, when that's your, your home stadium. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. A- absolutely. And, and just to be clear, I was, I, when I posted those tweets about, the lack of a commitment to the run game by Jim Caldwell. It wasn't a condemnation of him as a head coach. Um, it was just simply a stat that I saw, and it really just made my eyes open. I said, well, let me share this with people. Uh, but, uh, you know, hopefully if Caldwell is uh, brought in, uh, hopefully he will be at his best. I got to, before I let you go, I got to get your thoughts on the preseason games from this weekend. These four preseason games, postseason games, these four games were unbelievable. Unbelievable is an understatement. Truly, truly fantastic. My heart's still hurting from from the last one. Your team, Buffalo, yes. Oh, that was, that one, that one hurt. And and to me, that, that was coaching. And if Leslie Frazier had a chance, mm-hmm. he lost it right there. He may have blown it there, yeah. I mean, because, I mean, that was, and it wasn't just that last 13, it was the whole second half. Yeah. yeah. They didn't show up. Now, granted, Buffalo's best cover guy has missed the last half of the season, Jadavius mm-hmm. White, and he's a Pro Bowl corner. He's one of the best corners in football, and he tore his ACL, and he, you know, done till next year. So they're they've been playing with the backup, you know, on that one side, and and they've played pretty good. I mean, they they totally shut down New England last week. But Kansas City's a whole different animal, 
And, but, you know, from Sean McDermott's point of view, I would not have kicked the ball out of the end zone. I would have made them return it. Now, the scary part is that Dave Tobe has one of the best return units in, in football. Yeah. But you could, you can, you know, if your kicker's good enough, you can place the kick. You got to trust your special teamers. Right. And, not, and, not. and, but use up clock. Mm-hmm. There was 13 seconds. You would have used up four seconds by at minimum yep. by kicking that ball, make them return. Yep. Yep. And then, you know, I, I, I just, they were playing prevent and they got a kicker who can kick at 65 yards. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, you, you can't play prevent. I hate prevent defense. I know it's necessary know. sometimes. No, but... I know. Yeah, it's prevent the win. Um, <laughs> exactly. you know, so they, that what was that? There was a comment there just about Caldwell. I don't. I didn't. Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, no way. A thirty-six-year-old GM is thinking of Jim Caldwell. L O. I don't necessarily believe that because there's there's a lot of experience with that guy. Mm-hmm. Um. And he's had success. If he hasn't had success, I'd agree with you, but he's had success. Put it this way. If Caldwell ends up as the head coach, I'm not going to complain. I will will a little. (laughs) Okay. I mean, that's fine. And and you're going to – but if he ends up – if Quinn ends up, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Denver Flood ends up as a coach, that's fine. Mm -hmm. There's a cue I don't want. But if any of those guys give it, that's – you know – who do they feel comfortable with? And don't forget, they got to come to, they got to have a plan too. Mm-hmm. Like Ryan Poles had to have a plan. These guys got to have a plan too. Yeah. And part of that plan is what the hell are they going to do with Justin Fields? Yep, exactly. And and so that's why when you get a guy like Everfluss or with, with Quinn, mm-hmm. who his shortlist is, for offensive coordinator and quarterback coach is extremely important. Mm-hmm. And keeping that pipeline fed uh, because you have success with your offensive coordinator, you might lose them a year or two later to a head coaching job. And so you've got to be able to kind of continually replace that offensive coordinator with a like mind. So it's it's a tricky thing. Well, but- you know, if you look at, at Dan Quinn, did you, did you ever look at his first staff in Atlanta? I don't remember it. It was loaded. How about with- the offensive coordinator was Shanahan, yeah, and the quarterback coach was Lafleur. <laughs> oh, look at that! Wow. <laughs> okay, so you know to say that he doesn't have connections to put together a good staff mm-hmm. would be absurd. Agreed. Agreed. Because he's already now when he he loses Shanahan and he um, brings in the guy who uh, Sarkeesian. Mm-hmm. But they had, you know, Sarkeesian hadn't really been in the pro game that much, and he just didn't work out that well. And then he brought in a guy who was, I can't think of his last name. He was the head coach after Lovey in, in um, Tampa Bay. But I've never been a fan of his. So his his guys after that weren't that well. Even though Sarkeesian's a pretty good coach, he just, you know, wasn't in tune to the pro game the way he probably should have been to be, you know, to be a, a coordinator. Mm-hmm. What'd you think about the Packers uh, and Aaron Rodgers' performance uh, 
at Lambeau Field. <laughs> was that more a uh, Aaron Rodgers just had a bad day, or was it more of D'Amico Ryan's uh, just fooling the crap out of him uh, with his defensive calls? I think all of the above. Yeah, yeah. It's usually more than one factor, but de- definitely, uh, you know, uh, Kurt Warner did a nice job of breaking down Rogers' performance. It was clear that he made some awful decisions, including late in the game, as opposed to throwing that deep ball to Devonte Adams, who was double covered. He had Alan Lazard wide open over the middle. That could have been a huge gainer and would have put them into field goal position. But that was just, you know, I think Rodgers really locked in on Devontae Adams in that game, and that really hurt his performance because the defense for the 49ers had a good, did a good job double-teaming Adams most of the game. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, Green Bay's in trouble. Yeah. They are right now, as it stands, with, with Rodgers on the team, mm-hmm. they're almost $50 million over the cap. Mm-hmm. So they got to cut a lot of money uh-huh. by the first day of the league year, which is in March. You know, so there, there's going to be players that are going to be cut loose for salary cap purposes that, you know, are going to become basically street-free agents. I'd love to so see that. They're, they're not going to count in the um, – you know, the, 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 the point cycle mm-hmm. for UFAs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for supplemental draft picks. And, and I'll tell you, you know, you mentioned the one receiver from Green Bay who was wide open. Lazard. Yeah. Alan Lazard. Now he, from a testing standpoint, he didn't test that well. Mm-hmm. Coming out, and that's one of the reasons why he went as late as he did. But he was at Iowa State extremely productive. Mm-hmm. He's got great hands. He's tall and he's long. Remember, I said it was last week or the week before I got one receiver that I'm thinking of to, to get in free agency. Yeah, was that him? He's one of them. Oh my and, gosh, I've been uh, thinking the same thing. And, and one of the reasons why is you can get you're gonna get him at a bargain price. Yes. Okay, and he you know, he can be your possession receiver. Yep. He's about 6'3", but he's got real long arms, so he can play about 6'5". Mm-hmm. You know, to me, it's almost a no-brainer. But yeah. He blocks. He plays special teams. I mean, he's not going to come here and catch 85 passes and 10 touchdowns. No, but he, he's not going to have the guy across from him he's got in Green Bay, mm-hmm. and he, he can become a, um, you know, a, a 50, 60, 65 catch receiver I love in that. the league and and so but you know it, it's a thought but you know the people in uh Hallis Hall mm-hmm. and now that's going to be Ryan Poles uh during free agency champ you know even if if champ Kelly's let go after the draft he's going to be involved in free agency mm-hmm. um so and I'll tell you we didn't say it but what's interesting not only will Ryan Poles have the scouting reports of the Bear Scouts, he's got Kansas City's too. Yes. <laughs> okay, so 
you know, he knows what those guys think. Mm-hmm. And that will help him a little bit. He know from from the standpoint of knowing who can evaluate, who can evaluate, that mm-hmm. sometimes takes a couple of years learning your own staff. Mm-hmm. And the strengths and weaknesses of your scouts. He already knows that about the Kansas City staff. Mm-hmm. You know, so he, you know, that that's going to help him. It's like you know when Ballard went to the to the Colts, he had all the stuff that he he did himself in Kansas City, and what the other guys did, plus the Colts staff. Yeah, not bad, huh? Not yeah, bad. He's done an excellent job there acquiring uh, talent. Greg, it's been a fabulous, uh, what is it, 60, 80 minutes of football talk, and I'm sure we're going to be back here very soon because I think this coaching hire could be days away. I, I agree with you. I, you know, I, I was had a phone call this morning mm-hmm. for my little side job, and we were talking about this, and I said, I think it's going to be all wrapped up no later than a week from today. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, two hours later, they have the GM how about that <laughs> thing hired on? I wouldn't be a bit surprised that by the weekend, if not sooner, the head coach is hired. I'd love to see that happen so that we can. Unless there's some unknown candidate that you got to wait on. Right. That's that's my only thinking that it would take longer is the, the these four teams might have the next head coach. One of those four teams might have the next head coach, which is the only reason you would put this thing off any longer than two, three, four days. So we should. Yeah, I mean, if it's any of the guys that are are so-called finalists right now, you know, you can make a decision fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think so, too. But. Please, not Jim Colton. I'm just kidding. No, I, I, I look at it. You know, it, it, <laughs> if I had to rank him, I'd, uh, out of those three, I'm going to put him third, but it wouldn't surprise me if he got the job. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if any of them got the job. I just said, you know, I'm just trying to look at it logically and look at and, and connect the dots. And I just think, you know, when, when Morocco was eliminated, then in my mind, that kind of eliminated ever floss mm-hmm. but yeah. who knows i mean you know there 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 could be a connection and we'll see if it if it's going to be the enemy i'm going to tell you right now it's at least two weeks away because they're that team's going to the super bowl i'm with you 100 percent. super bowl is going to be the rams and, and the chiefs mm-hmm. and if it is the enemy that press conference is going to be really important to listen to because polls will have to convince us as to why Eric Bieniemy, despite the success he's had with the Chiefs, he's going to have to convince us as to why Bieniemy is a true head coaching candidate, given that he doesn't call the plays, given that it's an Andy Reid team, given that the Andy Reid tree has been faltering, the leaves have been following. So lots of good stuff ahead. Well, uh, they're, they're not, you know, Sean McDermott's an Andy Reid tree guy. Yeah, that is true. I forgot okay. about it. And, and, and the, some of the defensive coaches have been great. Yeah. But and and Peterson won a Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. But then he kind of wow, he did a one off. Yeah, <laughs> fell off the, the the cliff. So really it it's you, you, you can't look at the tree. You got to look at the person. But and, and but Peterson just like Nagy, same with the enemy. 
they weren't primary play callers. Mm-hmm. They'd get their chance to, you know, preseason, they'd call the plays and a game here and a game there during the regular season. Nagy sold, you know, Andy enough that he, you know, he did the final three games of the season and the playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, but he didn't call a very good game in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll see. But, you know, he just, the, the, the scheme itself is one of the best schemes in football. Yeah. But you got to have the guy who knows the scheme for it to work, and that's Andy Reid. So unless you hire Andy Reid, that scheme to me is it's another scheme. Maybe Andy will be will retire early uh, and uh, be hired as an advisor with the Bears. Not going to happen. <laughs> Not- well, no, then he'd have to be, you know, no. <laughs> a- Andy will work as long as he wants and then, you know, he could retire now. I mean, but uh, well, after, having fun. after he won that first Super Bowl with Mahomes, he was asked about retiring. He goes, "Well, you know, I was actually thinking about it, but now that I got this guy, <laughs> I <Yeah. ain't> nowhere." <laughs> I wonder. I wonder what he thinks of Josh Allen. Yeah, to me, that guy's amazing. He really is. I. I, he, I mean, can you? Can, can, I know we're going overtime. So what? Right. The uh, those two are going to be battling for at least the next ten years. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and they, can you, and they're still young. Yeah. Can uh, you know, they both signed extensions for a gazillion dollars? Mm-hmm. But can you imagine what the next one's going to look like? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And the other thing about uh, Josh Allen is clearly the Chiefs have more offensive weapons from Mahomes. Once the Bills get a, a, some more offensive we- weapons for Allen, then I think it's, it could be a seesaw. One year, Allen's going to win it. And one year, Mahomes is going to win it. It's going to be much more thrilling than the Manning-Brady thing, which which Brady uh, uh, dominated because he was surrounded by just an overall better team. I don't know if I agree with you on the weapons. Buffalo's got some pretty damn good weapons. I, I, I think their running game needs to get better. Right, okay. Um. I, their receivers are damn good now. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gabriel Davis, nine catches and four touchdowns in that playoff game. Wow, what a fabulous game for them. And that last, did you see the movie put on the corner when they showed the the far shot? I mean, that guy's still looking for his job. <laughs> that was outstanding. That was outstanding. Yeah, so they, they don't have that explosive guy. Now, the, the little receiver, McKenzie, He's pretty fast, mm-hmm. and on most teams he'd be the fastest guy. But he ain't—he ain't Tyree Kill fast. But nobody is. Nope. I've never seen anybody that fast on a football field. It's, a, it's amazing. He makes people look like they're standing still. <laughs> yes. On that one play, he goes down. The, the the Buffalo defenders are in pursuit, and they just shoot goes by them like they're they're, they're standing still. Despite the fact that the defenders had the angle on him. Yeah, yeah he, he outruns angles. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> it was beautiful to watch. I guarantee you, he's like a 10, 200 meters with his uniform on. Wow. wow. I mean, he can fly. That is amazing. Well, maybe the Bears will be getting some guys like that under the stewardship of Ryan Poles. I got to get used to that name, Ryan Poles, because you want to say Ryan Pace. You want, you know, it's who is it? Um, Greeny Greenberg uh-huh. said 
Well, they don't even have to change the nameplate on the door. They've got Ryan P. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so is there a head coaching candidate out there, Matt N? I mean, it's <laughs> then maybe they are a key team. <laughs> I'm not just kidding. By the way, I had that argument uh, yesterday on social media. The Bears are not a cheap team, despite the fact that they offered Olin Cruz $15. That was an anomaly. They pay as much for players as any other NFL team and almost as much for head coaches. So please. No, I, 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 I want to talk about that just for a second. Please. Before we go. And I got my own take. I had a text conversation with Olin about it. He doesn't agree with me, but he's pissed off. He's still pissed off. Yeah, he tweeted about it today. Still, yeah. I know. Oh, well, yeah. Today he said, "Hold your ground, man." <laughs> and, and did you see what I tweeted after that? Oh, I missed it. I said they offered him twenty five dollars because he's got more clout. <laughs> so I love it. <laughs> you got to bring. I tweeted, I tweeted that back to Olin, but um. <laughs> My take is that, you know, stuff like that, you're going to hire a part-time guy to work the line. George doesn't even know about that stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, that that's football operation. That was Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, Harry. Yeah. And Harry, Harry's the guy. And I might be a little off on this, but I'm pretty sure Harry wanted Olin to be, the assistant O-line coach, but Olin didn't want to commit that to that. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, and and part of the reason is, yes, sons playing football. How about this? You got two sons. Next fall, he'll have two sons on scholarship at Illinois playing football. Mm-hmm. Mm, nice. One was a freshman this year. The other one played at at Loyola Academy and got a scholarship to uh, you know football scholarship down to Illinois for next year. So he'll be enrolling in, in the summer. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so he, he wants to watch his kids grow up and play and he doesn't, and he's got enough money that he doesn't have to do that. And when you, when you're going to commit to coaching, you're committing to 14, 15 hours a day for six months, mm -hmm. you know, so he was more than willing to say, okay, yeah, I'll work with him in practice and, go to training camp, but that's all I want to do. Mm -hmm. George isn't going to know that. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it's not like, you know, we, do we got your approval to, you know, that's, that was Ryan Pace. Yeah. He was, and made that call. Yeah. it was disgraceful as far as I mm -hmm. can see that they would even, I, I mean, I, I guarantee you, Harry, I've known Harry a long time. Harry had to be embarrassed as hell. Mm -hmm. But in the text conversation I had with with Olin is that, you know, I said, I, I personally, watching that, I don't think George ever knew. Now, he might have found out when, when you went on the radio. Mm -hmm. But still, I said, the PR people with the Bears should have anticipated yes. that that was coming up in the press conference and prep George on it. So he had a, a, at least an intelligent answer. I totally agree. That is a bears PR era. Yes. First and foremost. Absolutely. But, you know, and, and that's what I tried to explain to Olin, but he really didn't want to hear it. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, he is not. Uh, uh, he's not. He and George McCaskey are not going to go to the firearms squad. Of not, uh, well, right now it, it's, um, you know, George is going to have to reach out to. That's the way it should be. To done. Owen. Right. Because George made the mistake of basically calling him a liar. And so right. George has to take that first step. And I hope that he does, because maintaining a good relationships with former players is important to any organization. Well, there's a lot of alumni that were PO'd up, you know, PO'd about that. I bet. If you follow those guys on Twitter, uh-huh. They were PO'd. Yeah. Exactly. And so and and Olin was, you know, the time I was there, he was the leader of the team. Without question. And so and he's an all-time great bear player. And and you know deserves to be retreated, you know, treated with respect for that. And and so I you know, I think that somewhere in the near future, George has got to reach out to Olin and make this thing right. Right, right. Sam Rush says Harry shouldn't have presented that offer, and George has to do better than calling the man a liar. Shake my head. Um yeah, he's right. And, and, and here I, I know Harry pretty well. Harry probably said, Olin, I don't even want to show you this. <laughs> I got approved for $15 an hour. <laughs> you know, and, and, and it all makes sense because, you know, Olin said to me, oh, I'm not welcome in Hallis Hall. So they're mm-hmm. not going to ask my opinion. Because I wanted to ask him, what do you think of this guy and this guy, you know, from being over? Because I don't go over there. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. And so he goes, and he lives across the street. Is that right? I didn't. Yeah, know. you know where Conway Farms is. Right yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, he, he lives in the, the the country club, right on the golf course. Uh, here's a late breaking news from Tony the Pod Boss, uh, saying that there's a report on Twitter that Omar Khan's interview was not for the general manager position. So, and you know, we, we kind of got away from that. That's what I wanted. Omar Khan is not a GM candidate he's an administrator okay because he's and the, and the same with the guy from cleveland who's probably going to get the gm job but he's not a gm mm-hmm. he's an administrator mm-hmm. and go back to the press conference george said and, and ted basically said you know he's moving away from some of that but he's, he's going to be involved in that stadium Mm-hmm. And that's a full-time job. Yep. Um, and so Khan would be a, a, an ideal replacement for Ted Phillips. Well, yeah, but now, see, here's the thing. Now, my, and my complaint was a football operations guy that was a GM-type candidate. Uh-huh. Now, Omar, who I've met a few times, and he's a good guy, He's he's not – that guy that you know would get that roster tag or anything like that. He's a pure administrator and a pretty damn good one. Yeah. You know, so you'd have him doing that, and then Ryan Poles is going to do the job he's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. That could work very well. I just didn't want to see a football operations guy who was in essence a general manager. Mm-hmm ruling over another general manager who was now, you know, a, a director of player personnel with a fancy title. Mm-hmm. 
that that was my complaint. And if if you bring in a guy like Omar Khan, then you've got a pretty good situation. Interesting. All right, it is time to pull the plug on this edition of Greg Gabriel Talks Football. It has Yeah, we're going we're going like an hour and 40 minutes now. Yeah, overtime checks are uh, overtime. Uh, yeah. yeah, checks in the mail, right? Sure. <laughs> I won't mention the rest of that phrase. <laughs> but I will respect you in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding work, Greg Gabriel. Uh, your opinion on this is so valued by myself and so many people here at the Barroom Network and our followers. Thank you very much for sharing all of this time for us. We've got more football talk later tonight, and it's going to be a later start for the Dan and Aldo show about 9 p.m., maybe maybe as early as 8.30. kind of depends on Dan's schedule. He's covering a basketball game, of all things, uh, out in his uh, neck of the woods. And as soon as he's done with that, we'll jump on and talk about the latest from Hallis Hall. And we're not going to do this again until they got a HC, right? That is correct. Which uh, might be tonight. I mean, for all we know, I mean. And if they if it's tonight, we'll be back here tomorrow. <laughs> so, <laughs> Greg, you're the best, the absolute best. I'll talk to you later. And for all of those, all of you people following us live, thank you very much for interacting with us. Really appreciate it. Bye-bye, everybody. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.